For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. Today is one of those days where I have more to tell you than I actually have time to tell you. I need to speak with you this morning about a murder case in Orlando where there's actually a prosecutor that I know, love, and respect. She's my friend. I trust her. Her name is Aramis Ayala. She is a wonderful woman. And the governor of Texas just took this murder case away from her. I want to break that down. I want to give you a big update on what's going on in Iowa. And then I have a an incident of tasering in Austin, Texas to tell you about. A few police officers were just fired, but I need to break down and explain to you what's happening there and how this type of brutality is happening all over the country and just isn't getting the type of publicity it deserves. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. I hate what's been going down in Iowa for so many reasons. I hate it for voters in Iowa who don't deserve it, who have anticipated this moment for a year, for volunteers, for all of the campaigns who didn't deserve kind of this debacle. We're now into day four of them counting the votes there in Iowa, and we still don't quite know uh, the, the, the final tally. I have some new information that I'll share with you on that. But we saw some things go down yesterday that were so problematic. One of the counties in Iowa is Black Hawk County, and the chairman of the county uh, posted on social media yesterday that he had ensured properly that all of the votes had been submitted from Black Hawk County a day before. So now 48 hours ago from today, and that they still weren't being included in any of the results. And he said he had no idea why he had properly submitted them. And so he went ahead and posted the results himself. And Bernie Sanders won by a significant margin, enough to give him a significant lead in the popular vote and to uh, make it tied in the delegate count. And he said, but they still won't include the numbers. And by that time, it was 24 hours from then. And after he posted it, uh, the Iowa Democratic Party finally then posted the results, added the results, except they were wildly different than what the county chairman posted. In fact, instead of almost 2,500 votes for Bernie Sanders, they had taken nearly 1,000 votes away. And given the 1,000 they took from Bernie, gave them to Tom Steyer and Deval Patrick. You could just do the math and see it, where they had taken those votes away. And I, I can't for the life of me understand what happened, 
how that happened, who did that, who was responsible. And people say, well, hey, how do you know Tom Steyer and Deval Patrick didn't get those votes? Well, they have a first tally and a second tally. Well, in the first tally, Deval Patrick literally got zero. He didn't even campaign there. And in the first tally, Tom Steyer had, I think, 26 votes. Then suddenly, in the final tally, Bernie's numbers plummeted. Tom Steyer has now hundreds and hundreds of votes. Uh, Deval Patrick has hundreds of votes. Deval Patrick ended up with more votes than Andrew Yang and others. And it's like, oh, hold on. What? What happened here? In fact, it happened in several counties, and there continue to be irregularities all over the state. And, you know, it, it has marred the results there in a way that it's just unfair to the people who've worked so hard. And, and, here's, and here's the message. Running a campaign is not the same thing as running an election. And people have worked really, really hard to run campaigns there. All, all of the candidates, like I tip my hat to every campaign, they've worked incredibly hard. Well, the people running the elections, the actual voting mechanisms, the, the all of the back-end tools and systems, they need to be working just as hard. Here's the issue, I, and I had to explain this to my children yesterday. The Democratic and Republican primaries, they're not run by the government. They're run by the parties, and they, they vary in quality wildly, not just from state to state, but county to county based on how, how much resource they were given, how, were they well-funded, were they well-supported. Do they even know what they're doing? Who trained them? How? When? Where? Did they run tests? Like, what it has shown me, and I said this yesterday, is just how incredibly fragile our democracy can be, how fragile it is. And uh, I'm incredibly frustrated that it's gone down this way. But as more votes continue to be counted, we get a better depiction of who voted for who. Um, You know, eventually, I hope that we have final clarity there in Iowa Um, the candidates and campaigns have had to move on, even though we're now in day four without the final results. They've had to move on to New Hampshire and other states. I'm going to be campaigning in Texas and California this month. So there's still a whole lot of work to do. We're getting a better depiction of what happened, but it's given the entire country a glimpse into just how basic Um, how underdeveloped our election systems really are. And what happens is, I'll close with this thought because there are two other stories that I have to tell you about. What happens is when there's a blowout, there could have been massive irregularity in that blowout. But because it was a blowout, or say in the Republican primaries, say on the ticket there's just one person running, and and so it virtually doesn't even matter if there were math errors or voting irregularities, people don't see it because it was a blowout. Even if it was a blowout in Iowa and say Bernie won by this huge margin, still could have had widespread irregularity and people would just move on. But what happens is when it's close like this, all of a sudden people start kind of seeing the system 
under a magnifying glass or a microscope and you start to realize like, oh, shit, this is a mess, an absolute mess. And um, it's just given the country, I think, uh, uh, a a lesson in politics and, and election systems. And so we've got a lot of work to do. We have a great sponsor that I love and appreciate. I can't wait to tell you about. I have a very difficult time. And this probably won't surprise you. But I have a very difficult time turning my brain off at night. And when I get in the bed, I am so glad because we have a beautiful, wonderful new mattress from Helix and I am legitimately sleeping so well on this mattress. It is the single best mattress that I've ever had, and I want you to get one. Listen, you can go right now and get yourself a Helix mattress, but before you do it, Helix Sleep built a sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress just for you. And see, here's the thing. If you like a mattress that's really soft or firm, if you sleep on your side or on your back or on your stomach, or if you sleep really hot, with Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. For me, I was matched to the Helix Midnight Mattress because I like the bed kind of medium firm. I sleep on my side, and it's just perfect for me. I'm sleeping so well. When I wake up, I feel refreshed. But don't just take my word for it. Helix was actually awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 by both GQ and Wired Magazine. You can go right now to helixsleep.com slash breakdown. Take the two-minute quiz, and they're going to match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. It's the best warranty in the business and you can get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you uh, for you if you don't love it. Check it out. Helix is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash breakdown. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash breakdown for up to $200 off. And so many of our listeners have already gotten the mattresses and you wrote me and told me how much you loved it. Go ahead, check it out and get your Helix mattress. The break, the the break, the the, 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 the breakdown. I have a very important story to share with you out of Florida. And it's something that I see now happening all over the country, particularly with Republican governors. But we see it happening even with a few Democratic governors as well. I'd like to tell you a story. It's breaking news out of Florida, where on this past Friday, Governor Ron DeSantis announced that he was removing a murder case from the Orange County state attorney. That's a district attorney, Aramis Ayala, who I know and respect so very much. She's my friend. She had insisted that the local sheriff needed to get more evidence before issuing any charges in that case. And the decision is the latest in a troubling trend of the Republican governor in Florida targeting the first African-American woman ever elected to the state attorney office. And this time, 
it's as she did something that prosecutors in Florida and all over the country do every single day. All she did was exercise discretion and demand that local police give sufficient evidence to charge and present a case. And she's had to respond to this. Let me break it down. The case has been in headlines in and around Florida for months. This past October, something horrible happened. Police found Nicole Mentavo, a mother in St. Cloud, murdered in her home. Two men are suspects. Miss Montavo's estranged husband and his father. But prosecutors in Ayala's office simply requested that the sheriff delay making an arrest because they believe law enforcement had simply not collected enough evidence to prove which one of those men committed the offense. And in Florida, prosecutors must bring a case to trial within 175 days of police making an arrest. A a law like that should exist all over the place. You shouldn't be able to arrest somebody and then hold them for months on end. The sheriff's department arrested Miss Montavo's estranged husband and his father anyway, without the right evidence. Ayala's office then encouraged the sheriff's department to simply collect more evidence, do more work, before they charged him, and they had to charge him before the April deadline. And experts all over the country have already said there is a lack of direct evidence, including forensic evidence, that either man killed out the killing. They might have. It's like, I'm not even saying these men are innocent. I don't know. Uh, State Attorney Ayala doesn't know. And the police don't know. And they have no confession, no corroborating witnesses And the sheriff instead launched a public attack against Ayala. And on this past Friday, without consulting Ayala, Governor DeSantis announced that he was going to take the case away from her and reassign it to the neighboring state attorney in a different county, uh, Brad King, a Republican. He's He's giving King a bad name, Brad King, a Republican. And Ayala shot back at the governor saying, listen, this is a quote from her. This violates all concepts of due process and equal protection. And she criticized the governor for failing to give her office any notice before ripping this case away from her office. And the attorney for one of the men called it, quote unquote, a desperate act in a case where the sheriff still does not even know who killed Montavo, where there's a lack of evidence that simply can't be manufactured. Here's the thing. Governor DeSantis, and we see this all over the country, His move is an alarming abuse of his authority, and it's the latest example of governors trying to steal power away from the local prosecutors, and they're doing it particularly, listen to me, to women of color who are running these prosecutors' offices. As I've covered before, a growing number of governors all over the country are increasingly taking steps to block local prosecutors from exercising their power, particularly in high-profile cases. We see it in Missouri right now, where Attorney General Eric Schmidt has tried to prevent the local district attorney there, Circuit Court Attorney Kim Gartner, someone else that I love. She's the superhero. She's, he's tried over and over again to prevent her from winning a new trial for Lamar Johnson, a man who spent 25 years in jail 
for a crime that evidence shows he did not commit. In Maryland, Governor Larry Hogan and Attorney General Brian Frosch have tried to take over the prosecution of more cases in Baltimore, a direct affront again to another black woman, District Attorney, State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby. So what we see here is not just Republicans fighting back against local prosecutors. There's a there is a gender element to this. There is a race and power element to this. And Governor DeSantis, his outrageous move, it really deserves national attention as part of a disturbing trend that we see happening. Please, please, please understand that when we elect these local prosecutors, and I'm proud of what we're doing all over the country to elect them, please understand that we don't just need to elect them. We have to have their back even after they take office. All right, now I have one more story to share with you right after the break, and I'm going to talk to you about something going down in Austin that has my blood boiling. We have so many listeners uh, to The Breakdown that are in Austin, all around Texas, in the Southwest, and I need to draw your attention to a case. I'm going to have some action steps for you to take, and I need to warm you all back up to some action steps, all right? We need to do this. I need to draw your attention to a video that was just released showing the violent tasing of a man named Quentin Perkins. He's a 30-year-old black man in Austin. And I need to ask you all to make some calls because what's going down with this case is outrageous. Let me break the case down. In February of 2018, two Austin police officers, Robert Pfaff and Donald uh, Petritus, encountered Perkins as they were responding to a shooting. Now, if you see the video, they've got a whole crowd of people literally just sitting down on the sidewalk because there's been a shooting that that Quentin had nothing to do with, okay? They have all types of people, almost exclusively white, except for Quentin, sitting down on the sidewalk. And those two police officers, Robert and Donald there from the Austin Police Department, claim that Quentin was on his feet evading officers. That's what they said in their report. That's what they said publicly and privately. And then when the video was released this week from the body camera of a different officer, it showed they made all of it up. All of it, every single bit of it. Quentin Perkins was tased while he was literally on his knees with his hands up. And the city of Austin has already agreed to a $75,000 settlement, which is not enough. I wish they had paid that man millions of dollars. It's ridiculous that they made him not just go through this act of being tasered, but having to defend himself. I mean, had that body camera not been on, he would have he could have been in jail for all types of lies that they told against him. And so they agreed to a $75,000 settlement for their excessive force and a prosecution led by the district attorney there it ultimately ended with both of those police officers being fired. How however, the officers are now fighting for reinstatement and here's what I see over and over and over again, I see police officers get fired for something they should get fired for. And on the low, after months and months and months, sometimes years, they fight and get their jobs back. And the police association president, the local police union, who's terrible there 
in Austin, Ken Cassidy, called the investigation into the officers a witch hunt. What? He argued, he came out and then argued that the man on the ground with his hands up could still be dangerous. And here's the thing. A lot of people think they're going to reinstate these officers. So elected officials like the DA, they serve an important role in protecting the people from officers who abuse their authority. And these officers should have no place on the Austin police force and government leaders should not let police unions power keep them from protecting the people. But here's the thing. The local district attorney, here's how it goes. I see it all over the country, has the support of the Austin Police Association. That's the local union there. And the Austin Police Association president literally attended her reelection party. And she's received money from the Austin Police Association PAC. Like, that should be illegal. You should not be able to get money from police when you then have to prosecute those exact same officers. It's so corrupt. And here's our call to action. And we need your support. We need all hands on deck. We're supporting uh, a whole nother candidate for, uh, for the district attorney there. And I'll tell you about him on a different episode. But we need you to make some phone calls, okay? Our leaders can and must do more to keep the police officers like Faf and Petritus from corrupting the entire system. So we need you to make some phone calls now and let them know what they need to do. Please, right now, call or email the district attorney at 512-854-9400. And we need you to do two things. We need you to demand that she stop taking money from police officers so that she can then prosecute them with fairness. And we need you to call County Attorney Candidate Mike Denton at 512-524-7680 and demand that he also reject funds and influence from police officers. And then here's the last thing. We need you to, to make it known in and around Austin that these officers cannot be brought back onto the force, okay? I'm going to post some tweets on my Twitter account today that will break all of this down. I appreciate you all so very much. Take these action steps with us as we fight back against a corrupt and brutal police there in Austin, Texas. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com RIA. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC.